Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are in the house. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, Doug and Jess ready to go to work, so let me just advise you, first come, first serve, get on the phones right now and give us a call with all of your gardening questions. Every line is open at 866-391-1020, dollar bank, instant access, kdk.com. Tenth caller right now wins a gift certificate of $25 for Sorgles out in Wexford, 412-922-1020. So let's get it started. Once again, here they are from triblive.com, and of course, Everybody Gardens, Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser. Good morning, you two. Good morning. I am Doug Oster from the Tribune Review and everybodygardens.com. And I am horticulturist Jessica Walliser. First off, I want to ask you about grasshoppers and butterflies because I saw both yesterday. I was really You're kidding. No, I was really amazed. Actually, where I caught that, I think I caught wow. a grasshopper for you a couple years ago at the very end of the season. Okay. You needed it for a photo shoot a or photo something shoot probably. for a book. And it was late in the season. You're like, have you seen any grasshoppers? And I said, yeah. But this late, and then uh, I saw that the one I see, the butterfly I see, always the last one of the year, usually in November, but not this late, a little yellow one, like sulfur or sulfur, something. Sulfur, yeah. Yeah. It's going from dandelion to dandelion. And uh, I mean, what happens to them after, I mean, it went to 18. Right. Wouldn't you think that's the end for for bugs like that? Of yeah. course, it ticks, too. Yeah. <laughs> it ticks all over me yesterday after I filled up the bird feeder. You know what? We had some friends that were hiking in North Park. Uh, was that yesterday or the day before? Yesterday. And uh, their dogs, when by the time they got mm-hmm. out of North Park, were just crawling with them. So be careful out there. They are not in uh, their hibernation state yet, those ticks. So be very, very careful. Uh, but yeah, the butterflies, that's crazy. I'm trying to think of how sulfur's overwinter. I don't know if they, I think they overwinter as an egg. So, but I could be wrong about like that. Like I say, I like I say, it. it's always the last one I see, and I'm always yeah. surprised to see it because it's usually on a cold day. But yeah, it was just cool to see. And, you know, for me, uh, besides grasshoppers and butterflies, it's all about bulbs, trying to get all those bulbs in that I bought. Bulbs from. and bulbs. Did you bulbs get yours in that I gave you? Not yet. Not yet. Because of. Because of Thanksgiving, yeah. it was a little bit hectic, yeah. yeah. So, but listen, speaking of holidays, it's not really a holiday, but it was yesterday, Small Business Saturday, and Doug and I would like to give a small plea here to not just have it be Small Business mm-hmm. Saturday, but let's have it be Small Business Season. Um, we would love for you to go and support all of our sponsors for this holiday season. Um, whether you're going out to buy a garland or a wreath for the front door or a Christmas tree, or you're going to buy ornaments or gifts for somebody. You know, all of our sponsors have so many amazing gift items, and we'd love for you to go support You'll these have a good retailers. time, and you'll meet some cool people, and uh, that's the way to do it. I couldn't imagine, actually, me going to any of those big, giant stores. I know you had to go to the mall with family. Yeah. I live right by that mall. <laughs> I, yeah. I drove the other way on, on Black Friday. Yeah, my, my nieces were in town, and they are shoppers. And uh, <laughs> last year, we went the small business route. This year, they really wanted to see they were 
where they live, you know, they, the malls don't have all these cool stores that they really love. And so we ended up going. They were only here for basically Thursday and Friday, and that was it. So that was the choice we had. And uh, it was it was interesting people watching, though. Let's just say that. Well, my Black Friday, there weren't many people to watch. <laughs> it's on the water. You were on the water. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty sure you were in your kayak on Black yeah, Friday. Yeah, there was one you? guy was, uh, driving around me in a trolling motor, and we had a little talk. But other than that, didn't see anybody so that's that was the perfect black friday for me <laughs> absolutely well listen again let's keep it small business season and um, shop small please and next sunday speaking of a uh, cool small business at han nursery the gardening santa will be there from 2 to 4 p.m it's absolutely free there are lots of treats and rarely a line and santa is very patient with the kids i've heard uh you know if a child comes in and is not so sure about Santa, just hang around the nursery, watch what Santa does, and then usually the kid will come up to Santa and see Santa. It's not just kids. Adults can come see Santa, too. Families can get their pictures taken. It's really low-key. And pets, too. I, uh, or Santa Claus really likes to see the pets. Uh, that's next Sunday at Han Nursery, the Gardening Santa it's so much fun and free, so lots of people can come. And that's from two to four. Yeah, you don't have okay. to uh, wait in some long line and get pay and have the pressure of like your kids having you a got meltdown. Two seconds yeah, up the kid, there, and that's oh, it. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. It's like a kid has a meltdown, and then it's time for Santa. We've all been there. Yeah, I know I have been. So <laughs> take the kid can take their time, figure out who Santa is. Santa won't be like over the top ho ho hoing. He'll be real quiet. And you can and, get some great plants and gifts while you're there. Too. Oh, they have yeah, they have just a great uh, you know the trees and mm -hmm. all the decorations and poinsettias and everything. Time to get your paper white started too. By the way, I got mine started Did actually. You? Perfect. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, every time I post about paper whites, you know it's it's the lovers and the haters. Uh -huh. You're a hater, I'm right? I'm a hater. Yeah, I'm yeah. a lover. Eight six six three nine one ten twenty dollar bank instant access kitty k.com. Congratulations to Mary from Bridgeville, winner of that certificate from Sorgle. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDK. All right, we're going to get to uh, John and Moon Township in a moment. We'd love to hear from you at 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access, KDK.com. Doug Oster, Jessica Wallace. This is your Organic Gardeners. And let's say good morning to John. John, welcome to KDKA. Hey, good morning and happy Thanksgiving to all. My question is I have an avocado tree that I grew from seed. It's about five feet tall, and it was doing great until about two months ago when the leaves started to wilt. And I really don't know why. I have another two avocado trees that are doing fine. One's about four feet tall. Another one I started about a year or two ago. It's about two feet tall. But this one, the five-footer, the leaves are wilting as if it's in a desert. And certainly the ground is fine. Is it outdoors during the summer, indoors, or always indoors? Always indoors. Hmm. And what's the watering like? The first question for me is watering. Watering was always something I was, you know, keep being careful with. Um, up until then, I just waited. I'd water it and wait till the uh, soil would dry. And uh, once the soil was dry, then I would give it mm -hmm. just literally a cup of water, mm -hmm. maybe two sounds, cups of water. That, that sounds right. Hmm. Any guesses, Jess? Well, are they all potted in the same potting soil, like the same brand of potting soil. What do you have them potted in? Miracle Crown. Okay, and uh, there's no, you're not keeping a drainage saucer underneath that could be collecting water and allowing it to sit in the with the roots. 
Um, no, absolutely. I know you folks are very aware of uh, root rot and things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's it's odd. What's odd to me is that it's one and not the others. <laughs> you know that that's what seems to be odd to me. Um, you know, avocados are not something that we typically go grow. Obviously, here in Pennsylvania, um, you probably will never see avocados on them. Uh, you could if you take them all outside in the summer, but the chances of that are super Man, super slim. Man, but one slim. five foot tall—that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is really. They're cool trees too. Um, I'm trying to think. Other than watering, uh, any uh, fertilization program on them that? Uh... Only uh, slightly in the uh, beginning of the summer and at the very end of summer. I don't fertilize during the winter. Okay, that's good. You shouldn't do that with any house plants. And how about um, is that one near a heating duct or heat register or radiator or some something that could be very drafty, whether it's either hot or cold? No, and as a matter of fact, I have a, a grapefruit tree that's about nine feet tall and two lemon trees that are about mm. 12 feet tall that are uh, delivering lemons, and I grew those from seeds. That's awesome. Great. Good for you. You've got a green thumb there. You must have a, a high ceiling in the house to have a nine-foot tree. My wife tree. has a high tolerance. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. And you have inspected that avocado tree for scale and, and signs of other pests as well? Oh, yes. I had issues with skills. Another with mine. Now, my wife did buy me. I sort of cheated, and she got me a Meyer lemon about three years ago, and I had issues with that. But now it's just going crazy in my one room. Uh, I've got at least a dozen large, almost huge lemons on it, and it's only about three feet tall. Wow. If you were in this situation, Jess, what would you do? Would you repot it maybe just because you don't know? We can't figure out what's going on and start again with a new pot? Or what are you thinking? Yeah, I did that. I did that that about uh, two, three weeks ago. Uh, Larger pot. I know. I'm thinking. Gosh, it's going to go taller. Larger pot, fresh, (laughs) fresh soil, and nothing. And now I'm looking at the leaves, and you could probably even hear them. They're just like tobacco leaves. Yeah, really dried and crunchy. So you know, and are the stems still flexible and pliable? So when you bend those twigs, do they snap or do they bend? No, they'll bend. They'll mm. bend. So I'm wondering if because of the the shift in light levels, this happens a lot of times when we go for moving plants from outside to inside. Like if you're overwintering a tropical hibiscus and you bring it inside, many times once the light levels change and we get to this time of year, that those plants will naturally drop their leaves and they'll grow a whole new set of leaves that's better adjusted to the lower light levels. So I'm wondering if simply this is just a different avocado variety or strain and maybe this is what it's doing. It's dropping and shedding its old leaves to grow new leaves that are going to be better adjusted to the lower winter light levels. Sure sounds like you're doing everything right. But I don't understand. It's never dropped leaves before. I do have a hibiscus uh, uh, but I keep it inside and it it, it keeps its leaves on like like a deciduous. If I take it out it would go ahead and drop its leaves. I've done that a couple times. Right. But this one's always in the house and uh, I just... It's very strange. And the avocado seed came from um, Giant Eagle. My wife eats the fruit. I plant the seed. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Well, I would just personally, I would stay the course. I'd continue taking care of the plant the way that you've always taken care of it. And and hope that the you know after those leaves will drop off that it will get new leaves and the the plant will go on to be fine but you know with plants just like you know there's never a guarantee with any of that you never know what wow, you're going to get and five, they're all going to be different the genetics of the genetics of each one of those seeds pits that you're planting is going to be different and so you just it's one of those things you're taking a chance i'd be glad you got two more right exactly. <laughs> two you more got a backup, right next you got a backup to it. plan right. absolutely all right well have a good day thank you
Uh, so how many bulbs did you take last week? I don't remember. I don't know a lot, but I didn't get them planted yet. I mean, and you know what? With the holiday and we had family in and all that stuff, it's not going to happen. And now on Monday, we're going to get tomorrow. We're going to go up to Danbaugh's and get our Christmas tree. <laughs> Annual so, tradition. But the bulbs will get in. I, I promise. Yeah. So if you know, you might have heard. Uh, there have been a lot of talk on the news and news stories about this quote-unquote shortage of Christmas trees in certain parts of the country. And people are getting worried. They're going out to get their tree early because they're not, you know, they're worried they're not going to be able to get trees. This is really not a problem here in Western Pennsylvania. We we're really lucky. We've got so many Christmas tree farms that are local in Indiana, uh, PA, and Butler, up in Butler PA. Over. Uh, we always get our tree from Danbaugh's, which is um, up in Zelianople. And we go and, you, you know, they take you out in the hay wagon and you go and cut it down yourself and it's it's really a tradition in my family and when they're locally grown like that in Pennsylvania you're not going to have a problem so don't let the news stories scare you there's plenty of Christmas trees around and try to buy from a local grower or you know a local nursery that carries from a local grower you know and then you said there was another thing on the news that they were trying to scare people oh, about this drives me nuts bug, right? bugs on Christmas trees yeah, or something there was a story about how oh your Christmas tree could be infested with bugs and this and that and the next for Pete's sakes, it grows outside. Of course, it's going to have some insects on it, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be in any way detrimental to you or your home or your pets or anything. I mean, they're there. It's, it's how you there's bugs every time you go outside and the vast majority of bugs are benign or beneficial. But, so. but, but. Look out for squirrels. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> want to look out for squirrels. And when you go and you get your tree, they always shake them. They put them on that shaker uh, that, you know, vibrates the tree and knocks anything off of it. And they do that if you're buying from, you know, the Lions Club or whatever where the trees are out. They've already done all of that. You don't spray them with anything for oh, Pete's no. sake, please, because you don't want any of those types of products in your home. That could actually your hurt family, you. And it absolutely could hurt you. So, you know, it's uh, that drives me crazy. You know that. Yeah. I can't uh, believe you brought that up because that was we were talking about that off air and I was like, I can't believe they did this. Yeah. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I interviewed somebody from White Flower Farm about amaryllis. And the fun thing about interviewing somebody like that is that uh, they can give you some tips. Oh. And I said, well, we just were talking casually. And I was just like, you know, when I was in Holland and I went to the flower market I don't think they let those big bulbs out of Holland for amaryllis because I never saw bulbs that size. And she says, well, you know what? We have one that came in. Like they have like 70 different amaryllis. And so she says, we had one that came in from Holland. And it's called Pleasure. And she goes, I bet you if you order it now, you'll get one of the ones because we can't even sell it in a pot. It's that big. It's that big. Wow. And I got it the other day. Now, it was $22. That's wow. a lot to for pay bulb. for an amaryllis bulb. Plus, I bought another one because she actually, oh, and now I won't remember the name. There's one that's fragrant. And I was oh, like, nice. fragrant? I have to have that. Yeah. You know, I've got to get that. And uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the fragrant one. I'll have to look it up. But the pleasure was, I mean, you know, the size of a softball. Wow. I mean, it was just huge. And she says that it could have as many as four buds. Four flower spikes. Yeah. Wow. The ones that I saw in Holland, they they will get them going. And seriously, bigger than a softball. I mean, like twice the size of a grapefruit. I mean, just huge. Wow. Uh, and the bigger the bulb, you know, the more the more blooms you're going to get yeah, out Yeah, and it. if you haven't potted one up yet, go to the nursery and get one and pot up. I put mine, uh, mine is starting to show two flower spikes on mine. They're about an inch and a half tall now. And it's a surprise color. I said that the person, you pick out the color. And so I'm going to be surprised no matter what it is. 
but it's always exciting to see them. I've actually got a lot sitting around that are in dormancy because when people were coming over to our house for Thanksgiving, uh, my wife was like, is that dead? Why is that out here? I said, no, no, it's not dead. It's just dormant. <laughs> it has to go into dormancy. So they'll get those blooms probably in February That's or March. good. That's when you need them the most sometimes, right? And actually, the woman I interviewed, she, she says that uh, when she puts them into dormancy, she waits until they start to to poke up and look around. Uh, they'll send up a little bud, and that's when she'll bring them out. She goes, sometimes that means July. She has them out on the porch, you know, huh. a couple of them. Yeah. Because uh, you just... You just never know when they're going to do their thing. When you put them into that, you know, no water, no fertilizer, die back, the top dies back, all the energy goes back into the bulb, and then you just don't know when they're going to come back. All right, listen, here's the number to dial if you want to talk to Doug and Jess. We've got every single line available. They'd love to hear from you at 866-391-1020 or uh, Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdk.com. Next hour, turkey croquette recipe. I promise we'll give it to you, folks, because it's all about turkey leftover recipes with Joe and Frank Dentisi on News Radio 1020, KDKA. Good morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020, KDK. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we need some calls. We want to hear from you today at 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, Instant Access, KDK.com. This, of course, Doug and Jesse, Organic Gardeners. And we'll take the 10th caller to win that gift certificate to Janoski's and Clinton next Saturday and Sunday, December 2nd and 3rd, their Christmas open house, 412-922-1020. But he is going to Ireland, Doug. That's right. Come on, Mom. Call in. <laughs> Yes, I'm going to Ireland, and it's almost sold out. Headed there in June. We'll be around most of the country. One of the highlights is a thing called Powers Court Gardens. It's National Geographic's third greatest garden in the world. But lots of other gardens, uh, cool places to see. But it's not just a gardening trip. There's Dublin and Kilkenny, the Blarney Castle, Killarney, Ring of Kerry, all sorts of things. A farm visit. It's going to be a blast. Like I said, we're getting close to getting it sold out. You have till I think, December 18th to get the $250 off. If you're interested in going, just check out the trip at my Facebook page or at everybodygardens.com. Or you can just give me a call at 412-965-3278. That's 412-965-3278. I would love for you to come along. We have a lot of fun when we travel together. What are you looking forward to the most? There's got to be one thing that you just can't wait to do when you get there. Guinness. Pubs. <laughs> yeah, I love the pubs. Say that. I love the pubs. So I mean, the bulbs won't be the only thing that's planted when you're when you're over there. <laughs> it's just the pub is just the you know it's not the same as here. It's it's a, it's a gathering place. That's what that's what a pub is there. You know that's where everyone goes at a certain time of the day and they share stories and uh, maybe have a couple drinks. But it's 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 not like a crazy bar thing. It's just the pub is the place to go and they're all really cool and old and beautiful. Do they have like beer distributors there? Or like drive-throughs or anything like that? Uh, I have no idea. I think you can get it just about anywhere. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's quite as many restrictions as there are in Pennsylvania. No, oh, it's good stuff. All right, listen, uh, we're going to get to the phones. Uh, but, uh, Doug, again, how do you get a hold of you to go to Ireland? Uh, you can just see the trip at my Facebook page or everybodygardens.com or just give me a call. It's 412-965-3278. As you can see, Robert Sir brought in some beautiful poinsettias that has decorated our newsroom, but you and I both believe when it comes to poinsettias, Janoski's kind of wrote the book, huh? I'll be there Friday doing an interview and a video uh, for upcoming piece for everybodygardens.com and uh, for the Tribune Review, and I, I, I 
can't wait to see everybody because I haven't been able to get out there. Things have been crazy, and I'm looking forward to seeing Patty and Mike and uh, Joanne and everybody. It's going to be nice. Yeah, we were just out there a couple of weeks ago. Good people. 866-391-1020, Bank, Instant Access, KDK.com. Here's Tim in Lower Borough. Hey, Tim, good morning. Good morning, sir. Marinara sauce, what kind of tomatoes is the best? That's a great question. So I usually do a combination of paste tomatoes and... uh, Yeah, paste tomatoes, which are like aroma tomatoes, and they thicken it up. They give it a thick texture, but not all of them. So I will also mix them with any standard red tomato. I love even just early girl. Uh, There's a great Russian heirloom variety called Cosmonaut Volkov that I really love. Uh, there's Celebrity is a really good red one. A lot of people swear by San Marzano, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, and I know lots of people that grow uh, standard Romas, but I, I, you know, I think kind of the the trend has been going to larger paste tomatoes. We see a lot of in the in the catalogs like uh, Big Mama and other ones like that, bigger, so you don't have quite as much processing. My sauce, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead. I've been my catalogs already. I got three catalogs already. Oh, yeah. right, right, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's another thing. Isn't that funny Shop how, early. <laughs> how early the catalogs come? The, every year, I feel like they come early and earlier. It used to be not until the new year. You know, you'd get them in like the end of January or February. And now, yes, I got two seed catalogs last week as I, well. So. I think you can... I exp- burpee and something else. Yep. Every every week I get something. You, yep. need, you, need the to- right, you. you need the Totally Tomatoes catalog. That's the one I got the other day. You, uh, you, I got some, that too. There's, yep. Oh, man, there's a lot of sauce yep. tomatoes in there. But experiment with it. You know, yep. I a lot of times... Thanks. Right, thank you. A lot of times I won't use a sauce tomato. I'll just use uh, a great, big, juicy heirloom tomato. And I'm not de-seeding or de-skinning or anything. That's just mm-hmm. my sauce. It's just like and those fresh tomatoes, boy. There's nothing like it. And then we pull your garlic, and you got a, a perfect combo there, basil. It is, if you're making it fresh, I think you have more flexibility with the tomato varieties that you can use. But if you're going to freeze or process it, I feel like you need to have one with the right kind of texture because otherwise it gets really watery, and you don't have that nice, thick you know, feeling and, and texture of a marinara sauce. So that's where I think you have to be a little bit more careful about what varieties. But if you're like, I do a lot of it fresh as well, and I can pull any tomato out of the garden and turn it into sauce if I'm going to eat it that night. But for the processing and soup making, I like to have definitely particular varieties. Trying to think the name of the company, but they've got one called, I think it's a San Marzano Redato. And I remember interviewing him. It's tomatoes. Oh, gosh. I'll remember it tomorrow. <laughs> You'll have to talk about it next week then, yeah. right? <laughs> All right. Do we have any other calls on the line? We do have another call Excellent. on the line. Let's go to Angie, Mountain Pleasant Hills. Hey, Angie, good morning. Hello, Angie. Uh, my name is Nancy. Okay, Nancy. Hey, Nancy, hold on for a second. I just remembered the name of the company. What is it? Tomato Fest. There you go, Tomato Gary Fest. Gary Ibsen's Tomato Fest. They also actually have uh, Limbaugh Legacy Potato Top Tomato they oh, sell nice. people, which is nice. nice. So go ahead. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. Senior moment. Uh, no problem. I have them all the time. I am <laughs> uh, looking for a way to get rid of a weed. I'm still pulling it out of my flower bed. It's called Lesser Bitter Crust. Uh-huh. Yep. You and me both. i've got it growing under you know it goes nuts when you put i put greens in yeah and i put a you know plastic skylight over it and the bitter crust just it goes crazy and i'm i'm 
cutting it now for salads because for the winter it doesn't well it listen, is edible I, if you identify I, it properly I, I like it in a salad but i understand i feel your pain as as but it, it's slower this time of the year but boy if you let it go to seed and it gets going in the spring it's just uh yeah so it's, yeah, it's what's everywhere it's what's called a winter annual weed so it sprouts in the fall and then in a few warm days in usually february march it can go to flower and make a million more seeds and then those seeds just sit dormant until they're ready to germinate again in the fall so the trick is to really make sure that when we go into winter that that part of the garden is weed free and well mulched because the deeper you can bury those seeds underneath a layer of mulch the the greater reduction you'll have in those bitter crest seeds. So you definitely never want to let any go to seed because they 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 are what called they do what's called violent dehiscence, which means they they shoot their seeds out uh, when the seed pot is dry. They shoot them for a, a very good distance. So I would go in, weed that bed. Now is the time of year to do it, and then maybe put down a few sheets thick of newspaper with some mulch on top of it, and that's going to keep those seeds buried way down deep and hopefully eliminate your problem what is it called when the seeds do that violent dehiscence which is like dehiscence which is like, a, like a dehiscence act- means to like, shed or drop but like a great action movie right <laughs> and violent means it just shoots them out way to the side i know nobody can see what my hands are doing right now but there's motions to go with it we'll be back doug and jessica teach you how to keep it green the organic gardeners News Radio 1020 KDKA. Time for Mrs. Know It All. That's Denise Schreiber, Greenhouse Manager for Allegheny County Parks. Good morning, Denise. Sorry for the lady with the bitter crust. Um, it is my sworn mortal enemy. <laughs> I can deal with dandelions, thistles, bitter crust. It's got to go. Uh, you can eat all you want. You can come over to my yard and actually harvest it, should you be interested in doing that. Uh, I've got plenty, thanks. <laughs> yeah. You know, the problem is, even if you manage to get every little tiny seedling, that's not saying your neighbor or some bird hasn't, you know, picked up the seed and then left a little present for you in your garden. And the stuff reproduces so fast. I actually saw it described in one textbook as a perennial annual, which is just an oxymoron right there. Um, But it's pretty much true. I have actually seen it blooming underneath snow cover. You know, sometimes when we get that, like, icy snow and it, like, you know, makes a hard crust. I have found it blooming under that. Wow. I guess the one good thing about it is it's pretty easy to pull out. Um, you know, you don't need a pry bar to get it out of the soil as long as the soil's not frozen. There's so many runners, though, once it gets going. Well, it's the seeds. And actually, you know, people don't even see it sometimes. You know, a plant that's only maybe an inch tall by an inch and a half wide can actually flower and throw out at least 100 seeds, which, you know, I've seen the plant if I see, like, the first two leaves, mm-hmm. I can come back the next day and see almost an entire plant. It, like, <laughs> grows rapidly overnight. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons it's so difficult to eradicate. Yeah, and then the next, you know, if you wait until it goes to flower, then the next thing you know, you have a whole carpet of thousands of them because it's just how prolific they are. So, and yeah. It seems to be a cool weather weed more than anything. Right. I don't see it, like, in July. It seems to go dormant then. First cool night, bang, it's right back again. Yep, absolutely. Well, listen, I guess that lady should feel happy that she's not alone in her suffering. 
(laughs) Well, thank you, as always, Mrs. Know-It-All, for spending Sunday morning with us and for adding your input. We always appreciate it. She has a book called Eat Your... What is it? Eat, Eat your, your roses. roses. Yeah. I, yeah. Mine would be Eat Your Weeds. Eat Your Weeds. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you want to grow up and you know what's good for you. Let's go to Jim and Butler. Jim, how you doing? Good morning. Welcome to KDK, Doug and Jess's show, The Organic Garden. It's good to have you aboard. Good morning. I'd like to pass along some information I read in a magazine article. In the past, I've uh, heard Doug and Jess say that they have trouble with deer damaging their fruit and vegetable plants. Mm-hmm. In the magazine article, it simply says to sprinkle black pepper around. They said they can't, the deer can't stand the scent of black pepper. That's Worth a try. Was. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to sprinkle black pepper around an apple tree, though, because I don't imagine that would do uh, do anything to keep them off of the branches that are, you know, four or five feet up. It would be an interesting experiment to see, especially, you know, they, they've been getting... groundhugging stuff, you know vegetables. I was just going to say, yeah, they get into my vegetable garden, so it would be interesting to try. I mean, I am am, uh, on ornamentals, very religious about applying deer spray. So I use a commercial brand. I actually like um, like Plant Skid or uh, Deer Off, and I will actually apply that uh, to the trees, ornamental trees and shrubs. But in the vegetable garden, obviously I can't apply deterrent, spray deterrents like that because I don't want my lettuce to smell (laughs) or to taste really bad and smell really bad. So there I try to go with fencing or cover things up with row cover, but now it's you'd hard already, to keep up with Now it. you'd already have the spices for your salad. Right, there you go. You already seasoned it with pepper. So, yeah, it's um, you know, it's sort of one of those things where you have to look at each different garden area specifically and see which technique will that work would best be perfect for, for me on the hostas. Yeah. Pepper around the hostas. Yeah, or even in a container planting, like if you have deer come on your patio and eat your container pots, so try to put a little bit of black pepper in there and see if that would make we'll a give difference. give it a try and see yeah. if it works. Yeah, there you go. I was just wondering if you sprinkled it right on a rose, rose flower, would that do any damage to it? I don't know, and I don't know how that would affect pollinators as well, because pollinators find the flowers, you know, a, a mix of sight and um, and scent cues, and so it'd be interesting to see if that would deter from pollinators as well. Bees would be sneezing. I don't know how you would ke- actually keep the pepper on the leaves or the flower, because it would be like a dust, and it would just blow or fall off. I think so. if it's around the bottom, though, they might just be like, ugh. Right, you know? right. Unless you put it on after there's a heavy dew or something like that. Yeah. Right, right. Interesting. Well, that would be some cool experiments for the 2018 gardening season so thank you very much yeah that's interesting i never heard of that before pepper yeah i heard hot pepper for rabbits but right. never heard of uh, ground pepper for deer yeah yeah we have we have fencing up now over most of our things so we um the bucks you know always come and like to rub the trees in the front yard because they're sort of isolated out there in the middle and they're just the right size for them right now so we have netting or a little fence circle around each one of those trees it doesn't look so great but it's what works to keep them from rubbing the bark definitely, off of the trees definitely um and they still got one one uh, low branch on our red buckeye that we have out uh, front but it didn't they didn't rub it all the way around so it will be fine it will come back you just never know even actually what size tree sometimes they go after right? bigger trees yeah. and you know rub on those you know uh, which isn't as bad as you know i had a coosa dogwood that i didn't didn't think was going to come back and it did you know because again they didn't get all the way around it but basically rubbed it till it was on horizontal on the ground wow you know yeah just a pain they got a pear tree at our house last year too so this year i do have you know something wrapped around that trunk to try to keep i have two two big eight point maybe bigger bucks running and you know we're like you know seven miles north of the city there's no hunting there and countless does you yeah. know, running all around. And uh, I didn't, you know, 
I didn't have as much deer damage this year as I did the year before. Uh, but you know, hostas, unprotected hostas, eventually they're going to find those. Right. You know, and I, I was spraying them, but again, if you're not, like you said, you're, you're religious about it. If you forget and don't get out there and do it just one, and all it takes is one night. Yep. One night. And I actually have a reminder set on my phone to go out there every week and spray with the deer spray. The kind I use That's a good idea. actually will even last longer than that, but it just sort of is better for me to get into the habit of doing it every Tuesday night. I would go out when I would put the chickens in and then I just grab the, my little thing of um, plant skid and then spray the apple trees and whatever else was really in their path. And we, we hadn't in the past had a huge problem with deer in the backyard, but there's one doe now that it regularly jumps the fence and that hasn't happened before. And she's coming right up to the, she ate the begonias in the pot right outside the back door last year, this year. Pepper and razor wire. There you go. That'll do the trick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'll definitely and do a tree the trick. stand and a tree stand. Right. Absolutely. So, but they are there. They're such a challenge for gardeners and um, you know, the, the, the crazy part is they do allow hunting near where I live, and so I'm I'm really hoping that somebody finds this particular doe that has taken to jumping into the to the fence in our backyard, and then hopefully that will reset Maybe the Monday. problem for us. Maybe but Monday. That's the hope. That's really do you have hope. any plans? Big plans for next year's garden? Or have you not even started I thinking about it? I always have big plans for next year's garden. We actually would like to extend the perennial bed in the back. I would like to do a, a big native. Uh, prairie planting bed through our backyard because now that our son's getting older we don't need so much runaround space so um, we'd like to take out a whole bunch of lawn and put in a mixture of uh, native perennials and grasses in that area and I don't know we'll see if we if we get it done but what are you going to do all right ladies and gentlemen we're going to take our final break come back and wrap it up with Doug and Jess get ready for the news at eight and then turkey leftover recipes with Joe and Frank Dentisi on the Coons Cooking Hour good morning Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020 KDKA. Tell them about the Ireland trip real quick, then we got to wrap it up, Doug. I'll be going to Ireland in June, but next Sunday, it's Gardening Santa at Han from 2 to 4. Remember, the Organic Gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.